Hello, welcome back to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to be covering Disney and, you know, if they're too powerful or not, you know, what I like about them, what I don't like about them. I'm going to go deep dive into all the things I think about Disney and some history about Disney for those who don't know, those who may not know some more obscure facts. This episode, however, will be explicit because Disney, I'm not just talking about the Disney princesses or Pixar here, I'm also talking about stuff like... uh, touchstone pictures which creates like more mature films for disney and stuff like that you know disney technically owns the sixth sense and they own 20th century fox so yeah some some of the history also contains adult concepts so yeah i'm also i also let loose the occasional swear word so it will be explicit anyone listening with the kids um go away now because it's not intended for them okay now on with the show Uh, teens and up, you're fine if you're curious about Disney's, uh, history, so, yeah, basically, I, I would like to, uh, go through what I think, okay, so, you know, they're owning Marvel, Star Wars, you know, their own animation studios, even Pixar, and, you know, I, I think that Disney definitely screws people over sometimes, but, you know, it's a bittersweet reality, you know, that the company's created so many good products, and yet they've screwed people over, you know, but some people would use a stronger word, but still, you know, but, you know, you know, sorry, I'm saying you know a lot, but yeah, I'm just going to go look through some of the history here, some of the controversies, like uh, racial stereotyping was in, were in some of their old films, you know, like uh, Dumbo has the crows, which I'm glad that Disney Plus kept the crows in for historical purposes. It's like, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg said at the beginning of a Looney Tunes DVD, something like, you know, we we keep it in because of historical accuracy. It'd be wrong to exclude it because it'd be like ignoring a part of history. Okay, part of that was my opinion, but the opinion was basically the same. We should not change history, which is the reason why I'm very disappointed with Disney for not releasing Song of the South, you know, like... Any anything in their original form, when from way back when, okay, they should just release it. I've been looking for Song of the South forever in a good quality thing, but I can't find. I don't have a VHS player. I can't afford a laser disc player. Who can afford this shit anyway? But you know, uh, basically there there have been quite a few controversies there. However. Um, another thing's the subliminal messaging, which I just find hilarious, like, <laughs> in The Lion King, when people think the, the letters SFX in the stars spell the word sex. <laughs> or, you know, in the, in the Rescuers, when a nude pinup can be seen briefly if you pause frame by frame, just like a shadow of one, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. Also, misheard lines, and apparently Pocahontas. Pocahontas is one of the stories that that Disney has quite sanitized, you know? I'm currently in the Disney princess things, but, you know, like, there are pretty dark stories to begin the Disney films. I mean, Cinderella's sisters in the original tale had their heels sliced off to fit into their shoes. Ariel the mermaid in the original Little Mermaid tale turned into sea foam and died. But in Pocahontas, however... She was not a young woman when she met John Smith. And there was no romance between them. Smith was not the Prince Charming you expected. And Pocahontas was 10 years old when she met John Smith. So, yeah. I think that, yeah. 
<sighs> Next, we have the uh, acquisitions of Lucasfilm and Marvel, of course. Now, that's where it gets tricky. These guys are dominating the box office, but is it at the expense of other smaller films? You know, but it's. I think it's definitely a danger. Like, Martin Scorsese pens that thing on, you know, Marvel just uh, not having the appeal to him, which is personal taste. He, he considers it theme parks. Now, I do consider all films art, like I've said before, but, you know, Martin has his own opinion, and Martin is a genius, and, well, <laughs> let's face it, I, uh, I'm not sure I'm as much of a genius as Martin Scorsese is, but, you know, like, he's one of my inspirations, you know, but, yeah, so, I, I don't blame him for thinking, like, I don't blame filmmakers for thinking superhero films are fatiguing cinema audiences, you know, there are, it's not that there are too many of them, it's just they're taking up too many screens, in my opinion, that this, that some screens should be reserved for the indie films, or maybe short film contests, or, you know, maybe get, if you're making a film, maybe make your local cinema, not make your local cinema, but ask your local, <laughs> ask your local cinema politely whether they can please, please play your film. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean, obviously. Anyway, um, next, in terms of the acquisitions, since they acquired Lucasfilm, there's Star Wars, and people were so concerned that they ruined Star Wars. And while the films have divided people, the sequel trilogy films, that is, <coughs> I think that, well, Division's good. And well, I have a bit of trouble with the fact that Kathleen Kennedy fired Phil Lord and Chris Miller off of Solo for not aligning enough with a certain creative vision. You know, that just smells of executive meddling to me. You know, Kathleen Kennedy seems good at what she does, but, you know, at the same time, I really think that Solo should have been left alone with those directors, you know? It was obviously meant to have a lighter tone, as opposed to the other spin-off, Rogue One, which was the dark war film type. I feel like there's just too much executive meddling in these in these films, you know? <clears throat> but, yeah. Uh, George Lucas, on the other extent, has complete had complete creative freedom with the prequel trilogy when that was made when the franchise was still entirely owned by 20th Century Fox. Of course, Disney's now bought Fox, so it wouldn't matter anyway, but Disney acquired Star Wars before that, and... Number four, or the original from 1997, you just want to call it Star Wars, that's fine, I do that. But <clears throat> that actually does technically belong to 20th Century Fox permanently. But because Disney has the rights now to 20th Century Fox, you know, they, uh, they own it. But there's another thing that really pisses me off about Disney. The fact that they're, they're, they're pissing away film history here. It, they went from 20th Century Fox to 20th Century Studios. Oh, are you kidding me? Look, I know that back in the 20s or 30s, or roughly that period, it said 20th Century Pictures as one of the companies before it merged with Fox Film Corporation to create 20th Century Fox Film Corporation, but the Fox name has been so iconic now. Look at all the movies that they've produced over the years, The Sound of Music, you know, Home Alone, you know, a whole bunch of classics, and now you're just going to shed the Fox name because you want to you wanna match things to your corporate image? Please. You already had a famous brand that gives you plenty of money. The fact that you needed to fix a thing that was not broken, that name, oh, I just don't know what to say, you know? It's like you've already, 
you've already, by buying them, they're not a major studio anymore. You're the major studio and they're your subsidiary. And then, you know, I'm fine with you buying the studio, sure, but keep the historical name in. People have known it for so long. People are not going to respond well to 20th Century Studios. This is just my opinion, but yeah, that's not, that's just one thing that really bugs me. And I was calling it 20th Century Fox out of habit until I just had to address this. So from now on in this podcast, I'll refer to it as 20th, all right? So yeah, <laughs> so 20th, their films actually, uh, on another note, Disney's being really unfair to repertory cinemas, like those that play second run films, because they're literally like... This guy wanted to play The Fly, for example, and he couldn't because Disney banned it from repertory cinemas. You know, they needed more screens for their latest blockbusters, not some catalogue 20th Century Fox title. I mean, really, that is just... Come on. You could get additional revenue from catalogue titles. People do go to see these. The only one they haven't touched, thankfully, is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the longest-running theatrical release in existence. Yep, you heard right. So, yeah. Let's see, what else in the controversies? Well, I know that uh, and they had a makeover, a quote-unquote makeover for Merida in Brave, where <coughs> all the merchandise made her unnaturally thin when she just had a natural weight. And, you know, I don't get this whole idealism thing, oh, you got to be stick-thin or whatever, on either of the genders. It's fine to have a natural weight. Sheesh. I mean, you know, I, in fact, I feel sorry for these people who want to absolutely be perfect all the time with uh, an impossible body or an impossible, like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, it's good to be healthy, obviously, but you know what I mean, right? But yeah, the fact that they had a natural weight on Merida in Pixar, in Pixar's film Brave, was absolutely great and they've done that on Moana too and they're learning definitely but I really hate it that Disney sells this idealized this idealized picture of of a woman who is fitting into the mold when the whole film Brave is about her not fitting the mold I mean sheesh it may it may be one of Pixar's lesser films in my opinion but it still makes me mad so let's see what else. Well, of course, they direct video sequels. That's not really a controversy. They're just, they're just shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's actually pointed out to me that uh, there's been Elder Finn's... Sorry, I was confusing it with the fact that for a limited time only they sold Shark Fin Soup at Disney World or Disneyland... Di- Disney World Hong Kong, I meant. Um, sorry, yeah. Um, elders are evil, apparently, in these films. Like, even if they're not fully evil, they they tend to be pushy anyway, giving negative images of old people. But, you know, I think that it's definitely... Well, people have been saying it's definitely improving in stuff like Moana and Coco, you know? And, yeah, Disney really is progressing. Just look at the lesbian couple in Good Luck Charlie, you know? I mean... I really think that Disney is taking more risks. They uh, they mostly keep their family-friendly image with the animation side of things and their live-action films with Walt Disney Pictures branded on them, which, to be fair, their live-action films are mostly remakes of their animated films these days, and that's another point of contention. Create an original story that 
isn't Walt Disney Animation Studios project or a Pixar Animation Studios project. Let them continue doing original stories. But then, in your live-action division, not just on Disney+, Plus, in theatres, please come up with original ideas. You're Disney. Most of the time you will get money. Do not be discouraged by Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland was actually pretty decent. In, it was definitely not perfect, and I'm sorry that it flopped, but it's really, it's quite well directed, technically, and uh, <clears throat> the story is actually pretty decent, and where can you go wrong with Brad Bird? I mean, it's not his best film. Brad Bird also did The Incredibles for Pixar, The Iron Giant for Warner Brothers, which The Iron Giant is one of the most underrated family films ever, by the way. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. But, yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, there have been many trolls toward Disney properties. Like, you, you remember how I mentioned the lesbian couple on Good Luck Charlie? Well, the episode that they're featured in does not make a huge deal of the couple, as, you know, as it should be, not making a huge deal about it, because it, it's natural, alright? But, apparently, it, uh, trolls left threatening comments on the Instagram photos of the actress who plays Charlie. I mean, she was five years old. It's wrong to troll anyone, but especially... I told you this was explicit, so... Yeah. Especially a fucking five-year-old star. Ugh, that is just so wrong. Why are people so terrible sometimes? You know? I mean... Yeah. I, I can't even, I can't even bring words. Sorry, but, yeah. So, what else? Well, I've already mentioned Song of the South, but the Fox deal. I mentioned how shitty it was for them to keep it from the theatres, but a little tidbit about a, something they previously used to own. They used to own Miramax Films, but then they sold it off in 2010. Miramax Films, uh, back in the day, they released Clerks, Pulp Fiction... Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, all while they were owned by Disney. I couldn't believe it, really. <laughs> but yeah, they've been sold off now. So, yeah. But with Fox, you know, I think it's a funny thought to think that uh, Disney now technically owns Fight Club or something like that, or The Fly, or... <laughs> I don't They even own NC-17 films now, technically. Because uh, Shame, through uh, Searchlight Pictures... Formerly Fox Searchlight Pictures. So, yeah. They do technically own at least one NC-17 film. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that maybe Disney has a bit too much power. What do you reckon, you know? I think Disney, like, they've improved their image in terms of the princesses and having, you know, kind old people, natural weights. You know, nothing too idealised. I mean, I think if they're going to go for the live-action remakes they should try to, a la Into the Woods, they should, like, try some darker interpretations. They can go for the teen audience. I've seen them do Pirates of the Caribbean. I've seen them release those Marvel films. Guardians of the Galaxy is not exactly something that, you know, younger tweens can easily see, in my opinion. Maybe older tweens, but, you know, they, they say stuff like uh, shit and douchebags and assholes, and you wouldn't find that in a normal Disney movie, but you would in Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think Marvel's allowed to take a few more chances, you know? You can just contrast, you know, how violent a Marvel movie is to a normal Disney movie, if you know what I mean, right? So, yeah. 
yeah, that those are my opinions on Disney. And as for Pixar, I think Pixar, they've had a bit of a downward spiral in the 2010s, except for Toy Story 3, Inside Out, and Coco. But their other stuff has been quite subpar from what I've seen. I've seen Cars 2, and that was meh. Monsters University was okay. The Good Dinosaur was just boring, in my opinion. You can have a different opinion to me. But yeah, let's get into Touchstone Pictures, which isn't really active anymore. Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer, wanted to reinvigorate Touchstone Pictures, in fact. But you may know him for stuff like the comedy, the underrated comedy, by the way, Ruthless People. And not quite as funny as uh, Airplane slash Flying High, but made by the same guys who made Airplane, believe it or not. Airplane and the Naked Gun. But yeah, well, those two are owned by Paramount. Ruthless People is owned by uh, Disney, technically, through Touchstone, you know. But, you know, they've they've also made Unbreakable, a sister act, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They've released Good Morning Vietnam. They've released a whole bunch of Dead Poets Society. You know, you've got two classic Robin Williams films right there. They even, I think they released uh, Starship Troopers in association with TriStar from Sony's side of things. Yeah, so, you know, Spider-Man was not the first time Sony and Disney technically collaborated. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that, yeah, they also had another division, Hollywood Pictures, which didn't last as long. It went defunct in 2007. But, yeah, they... uh, they produced stuff like Grace Point Blank and The Sixth Sense, you know, stuff like that. So they wouldn't put, like, the Disney logo on these films, obviously, but for insiders and people like me, people like you who are, like, film buffs, I think you may possibly know that Disney owns all this stuff. In fact, they've owned a surprising amount of things, in my opinion. I mean, totally surprising, right? I had a, I had a graph up just uh, not too long ago, hours before I was doing the recording, let me just try to find it for you so I can show off how many things they they bloody own. <laughs> so as well as Marvel and Lucasfilm, they also own the Crime Investigation Channel, which I'm pretty sure is on Australian Foxtel at the very least, or Australian Cable, that's what I meant. But you know what I mean. Um, A&E, I think they own that. ESPN, they own part of Vice. They own at least a chunk of uh, the History Network, believe it or not. And yeah the American Broadcasting Company, which is like the ABC in America for international listeners. There is an ABC here, which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which is like the BBC over the in the UK or the PBS over in America, you know what I mean? But yeah, more niche. I mean, BBC is a bit bigger than ABC and PBS, Australian ABC. Anyway, back to American ABC, of course. They have ABC7. Now, you may be thinking, you know... People already know that stuff like Fox News is not owned by Disney. So, yeah, I think to avoid the controversy of Fox News, because I don't think Disney wanted to associate with them, uh, that's maybe why they're changing to 20th Century Studios or Searchlight Pictures, just to get rid of the Fox name. You know, people have actually, they've said that, you know. But they own a bunch of surprising things too. They own part of GoPro, and they own a uh, photo bucket. They own Sphero, which made a BB-8 robot. I'm not kidding. You can actually get a robot with the merchandising. They, All those Lifetime original movies, they're technically responsible. Oh, boy. All those crappy midday movies that I switch past on a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Except for when it's something like While We're Young or My Dog Skip. I've seen those at midday. Those weren't too bad. But, you know, uh, yeah. They, uh, you know, there's uh, Endemol Shine Group, which uh, they've done quite a few reality shows. I'm pretty sure that uh, stuff like MasterChef technically belongs to them through Shine Group, you know. But, yeah, apparently Tiger Aspect Productions is part of that group, which co-produced at least one Mr. Bean show. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is right. But yeah, they own a whole bunch of stuff. They even have a Bollywood division, Fox Star Studios, which I saw one movie from them called My Name is Khan, which I mentioned in, uh, I can't remember which episode now, but it was a list of movies dealing with autism that are really good and coming from an autistic person myself, Uh, you know, but yeah. My uh, my my last question, this is just scratching the surface of all of Disney's stuff, but my last question is, if Disney... Okay, so if, if Regency is t- technically partially owned by Fox, who was bought by Disney, and, you know, Little Women releases, which is not strictly a Disney movie, you know, like, <clears throat> it's, a, it's from Columbia Pictures, who's owned by Sony, and it's from Regency, and... Disney has 20% of Regency. So, does that make Little Women a Disney film or not? The most recent Little Women directed by Greta Gerwig I'm talking about. But yeah, I asked I asked my one of my friends, I asked Chris that. Chris has co-hosted here before, actually. But yeah, he said maybe not, but then I was trying to convince... I was trying to convince him because for some reason I really wanted Little Women to technically be, be a Disney film. Because, you know, it'd be kind of perfect. I'm not going to spoil it, don't worry, but... You know, strong women, strong female characters is what Disney likes. It'll fit right into their right into their niche, you know? Okay, so now that I've gone through a a lot of things, not a lot of not a lot a lot, but quite a few things. Oh, and uh, sorry, I know I said one last thing before, but you know, Disney were actually afraid that Jojo Rabbit won't be for everyone, that some people might not like it. Now personally I absolutely loved Jojo Rabbit and I reckon you should see it while it's still in cinemas if you can't do that see it on streaming see it on disc hopefully (laughs) but yeah (coughs) let's see I'm just looking for the shout outs so I can go do them I know it's technically stalling but yeah what can you do when you can't find them immediately (laughs) Uh, oh well well I hope you had fun learning about these things I know it's probably a bit shocking to hear some of the truths. You know, you can search more online about Disney. Just, uh, again, discretion, because, you know, there's accusations that Walt Disney might have been a racist, which may or may not be true. I'm actually not sure, so I won't comment. I won't comment. But yeah, now I'm going to do the shout-outs. Three, two, one, here we go! All right, shout-outs to Teacup Arenos. Classic Blonde, Naked Airplane, KO, Savage Elbow, Carlofa Grande, El Salt One, Sam from IJ, Still Mellow, Lee JM75, Contrera, Tessie Cat, Pat Cat, Mariamba, Real Sharks Podcast, aka Riri Shaku, Autistic in Melbourne, Ashy Slashy, Heavenly Imagine, Rose Bagali, Larry1937, 2621, Dev Diner, Marbella Unicorn, Talk Me Into, Schluck V, Films with Amy Nathan Seabolt, Film Mamatic, Liz Slade, and I would also like to shout out finally Zach Ascot. And saved by his grace 72. We need your voice because you can help change things for the better. <laughs>